some practitioners, you know, they're really fanatical at what they do. Say like for me, I'm really passionate about Chinese medicine. But what I can't stress enough is we also need you guys because mm-hmm. we can't do the lab work. We're not trained to do lab work. Right. I can't, you know, go in and check what's going on within the uterus. You know, smear right. tests, right. Um, mammograms. You know, the work that you do is equally important as the work that I do. So I think there's a huge complementary thing that goes on between the two, and trusting that you know that you need the two together. Are you burned out, overwhelmed, not managing stress well? Have you lost that fire for a profession that you loved? Are you a physician that trained over a decade for a career you now resent? I'm Dr. V, and I'm a burnout survivor. I call myself the Harriet Tubman of healthcare because I'm free and I'm coming back to get you so you can be free too. Let's move from fed up to fixing it. Although I'm a doctor, this does not make me your doctor. The information on the podcast, including opinions and recommendations, is intended for informational and educational purposes only. Such information is not intended to be a substitute for the advice of an appropriately qualified and licensed physician or other healthcare provider. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Office Visits with Dr. V. I am your host, Benita Vernado. Please call me Dr. V and don't butcher the Vernado. I am a board-certified OBGYN and a board-certified lifestyle medicine physician. And I am here to add more years to your life and more life to your years. I want you to be happy and healthy. And guess what, guys? We're just going to dive right into it today because this is a topic that I don't know a lot about, and I'm not ashamed to say it. Patients always ask me about menopause and natural alternatives and lifestyle issues, and and I don't always know. I've read, but I'm not sure about it. And so I have brought to you all a women's health consultant. Her name is Lucy Townsley. She is across the pond. I think it's evening there where she is. Uh, So welcome, welcome, Lucy. How are you doing this evening? Oh, I'm good. Thanks so much. And thank you for inviting me on. It's really lovely to be on here sharing sharing with your listeners. It's really great. Absolutely. And you guys know I am. I seek out reputable consultants and people who are experts. So please, we'll have her information at the end of the episode so you can learn more from Lucy Townsley. All righty. So let's get into it. Tell me about your journey uh, to becoming a health and wellness practitioner. Okay, so it's a bit of a long-winded one, but I'll make you the little shortened version of this. Growing up, horses was my absolute passion and still is. And um, I all I ever wanted to do was become a jockey, a racing jockey. So that's what I did for the first beginning, you know, for in the early stages of my life. And I was fortunate enough and I came, I, I'm from the UK and I ended up coming to Ireland and I got to be champion lady jockey here in Ireland. But my career came to an end because I got a fall in a race and I actually broke my back um, wow. and I got rushed off. I was in um, the North Island in Belfast or just outside of Belfast. And I got taken to Belfast University Hospital, which actually at the time with all the troubles in the in the North of Ireland was one of the best hospitals I could have ended in because they were used to dealing with trauma. 
Mm. So the doctor that actually treated me there, a really lovely man, and I cannot for the life of me remember his name, also did Chinese medicine. So he Mm. asked me, would I be willing to have acupuncture done to help me heal? And at the time, I would have done anything to get me better. Get out of all the I pain. To, yeah, to get out of the yeah. pain. And all I wanted to do was get back riding horses again and, you know, get back on with my life. So he treated me all the time I was in hospital. And I really, really attribute his work to my healing, as well as the medicine that I received, Western medicine, so the medicine that you do. Mm-hmm. So then it really um, spiked my interest and... I wasn't allowed to take my license back out again because of the injury that I did to my back. So I had to look at a different career. And because he really got me interested in Chinese medicine, I researched it and I started studying. So that's how I ended up in doing Chinese medicine. But then another side to the story is my sister, when she was in her early 20s, when I was actually studying Chinese medicine, I had a very, an amazing teacher and he, he bought me, to, she was one of my patients. You have to have so many patients and mm-hmm. practice Yeah, in your final year. And she came in and she was actually, was she eight? She was eight months pregnant, I think at the time with oh. her son, Josh. Okay. And talk about language. Go ahead. <laughs> he pulled me to one side and he said, your sister is very sick. You need to get her checked out. Oh, and yeah, I know. It was kind of really scary, actually, when he told me that. So I was like, okay. And I said it to her, you need to go get checked out. And she was like, I'm pregnant. I'm just married. I'm really happy. There's nothing wrong with me. I feel good. But he was right. She was really, really sick. Um, and when after having Josh, she found um, a lump under her collarbone. And it turned out to be non-Hodgkin's cancer, cancer of the lymph- lymphatics. So she... Okay. Um, was very poorly and in the UK and they, anyway, she went through chemo and did everything to get her, well, she's alive, thank God. And okay, she's doing really good. Thank you for No, 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 just put that in. She's doing really, really well. But when, after the treatment, which was a couple of years later and she was very lucky. And again, actually, there's probably a little bit, I'm going to stick into the story here. When she was 16, she had to have an operation on her back and was told probably would never be able to have children by you know and it's better so you know when you're 16 those type of things they kind of register but they don't register because you're so young it's not really you're not really thinking about it so when she met her husband who is still a husband Jamie he um was told they had this discussion and both of them actually were told that they were pretty infertile and they couldn't have kids but uh she they had Josh I know it's just amazing isn't it and they have Okay, hold on one second. Listeners, <laughs> doctors are not God, okay? <laughs> From their mouth, it does not dictate your reproductive life. So just take that with a grain of salt. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. No, no, so, I agree with you because I know that myself from dealing mm-hmm. with patients. You get They get told they can never have kids and they defy all odds and they have children, yes, which is phenomenal. Yeah. Exactly. So they did. They had Josh. And Josh is now 25. So when after having, I had to think how age he is, he's my godchild. So when they had him and she went through the chemo and I remember actually getting a call from my dad to say that she was really poorly. She contracted meningitis in hospital 
and yeah. didn't think they would, you know, because her immunity was so low. Right. It's, it's, it's a tough call. But anyway, she's, she survived and she's in remission and has been in remission for a long time now, which is fantastic. Um, but she wanted to get her periods back and she wanted more children if she could. So that's how my ah. fertility journey started because I worked with her and, yes. um, and she went through a miscarriage, but she actually got pregnant. And I remember going into hospital and she rung me. And when she rung, she goes, I, I have to tell you this. And she said, you, are you sitting down? And I was like, oh my God, something is wrong. And she goes, there's not just one baby in there. There's oh. two. <laughs> Well, and I think Jamie would say the opposite now on that one. <laughs> yeah, so she had twins, Harriet and Freddie, and they're 17 now, which is, wow. that's how I started. So then I was like, there's something in this. And then my journey continued with other women. And then I know one of the questions you asked me earlier was, how did I progress then to menopause? So the women that I helped with pregnancy then moved on to becoming perimenopausal and menopausal. Wow. So that's how I progressed. We, they kind of, we grew together, if that makes sense. So they stayed with me all the way along and I helped them through this side of the journey. And then other, obviously other women came to me then. So, Lucy, how long have you been a women's health consultant? 24 years. 24 years. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. So, you have a wealth of knowledge. Just real quick, I'm very curious. You said, did he look at her and knew she was very sick? The Chinese medicine practitioner, or did he lay hands? How did he know she was sick? Through her pulse diagnosis and looking at oh, her wow. tongue. Wow. And, like... When, when you come in to be diagnosed in Chinese medicine, you're looking at the person walking in the door. You're looking at yes. their, you know, the texture of their skin, the color of their skin. Um, you're looking at their face. The, the face can tell you so many things. Um, you, you just, you know, odor, the smell of them. I know that it sounds mm -hmm. sometimes mm -hmm. perfume can cover mm -hmm. it up, but the smell of them, um, how they move, mm. all of those things come in. And then you do tongue and pulse diagnosis as well. Wow. But, yeah. That was going to be one of my questions. You know, what's the difference between, you know, Western medicine, a traditional doctor like myself and you all? And wow, we are trained to look at the patient walking through the door, but we have to do lab work. Like we can't look at somebody's tongue and feel their pulse and know that there is a problem. So that is absolutely amazing. That is absolutely amazing. Um, but I have to say, sorry, the work, you know, like, I think some practitioners, you know, they're really fanatical at what they do. Say, so like, for me, I'm really passionate about Chinese medicine. But what I can't stress enough is we also need you guys because mm -hmm. we can't do the lab work. We're not trained to do lab work. Right. I can't, you know, go in and check what's going on within the uterus, you know, smear right. tests. Right. Um, mammograms, you know, the work that you do is equally important as the work that I do. So I think there's a huge complementary thing that goes on between the two and trusting that, you know, that you need the two together. Yes, I think yes. it's very important to know that. 
Thank you for saying that. You hear that, folks? We still have value. <laughs> Huge the, value. <laughs> the women's uh, the women's well woman exam is like people feel like it's obsolete, but absolutely, we are our complementary. So let's get straight to it. Uh, patients will often ask me uh, as they are perimenopausal and menopausal. You know, what can I do with these hot flashes? You know, vaginal dryness, mood swings. And as a traditionally trained Western medicine physician, I have hormone therapy for them. I do encourage them to start with lifestyle first. So making sure that they are exercising and that they're eating clean. But I can't necessarily prescribe a regimen um, down to the amount that will help them. But you can. And and you, on your website, you speak a lot about balancing hormones. So what are some of the things that women can eat or do that will make a huge difference as they transition to menopause and through menopause? Okay. So one of the most important things that women can do to help balance hormones naturally is to almost take control of their liver again. Mm. I know that's a strange thing to say, but your liver is, um, now this really comes from Chinese medicine way of looking at it. The liver takes on a lot of stuff. We take on emotionally and physically take on a lot of stuff. So if you hold all that in, you know, as women, we just kind of, what's the word? Stoic. We keep, um, you know, like mm-hmm. keep going and doing stuff. You know, yeah. we, have fa- we have family, we have family, we're working, you know, we're trying to mind husbands or, you know, your wives, or whatever, you know, whatever, wherever, wherever you are in your relationship. And, you know, and as we get to this age, elderly parents also get put into the mix as well. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of pressure. And we tend to just keep pulling it in, pulling it in. And, and with the liver needs to be smooth flowing around the body. And if that doesn't happen, it becomes jammed up and it doesn't function correctly. So then what it's process of getting rid of excess hormones out of the body isn't working as well as it is. So then they get reabsorbed back in. So like your m- morning constitutional doing a poo in the morning is incredibly important yeah. to help clear out the excess hormones. So your liver function is important. It's waking up in the morning having your glass of water to hydrate yourself, but then adding in a glass of water with lemon, which actually helps the liver process toxins out of your system. And it's also doing things, um, you know, like recognizing stuff that annoys you and taking that breath in and allowing it to come out of your system because that, again, helps to get uh, things moving smoothly. Mm -hmm. But again, you were saying about um, hormone replacement therapy, um, it's needed. Sometimes it's really needed. And then you can also work on this stuff and then hopefully that will reduce down what you need to take as, you know, the hormone replacement right, therapy. Right. That's how it works. But you can do things like a liver cleanse or a liver detox, which is essentially looking after your liver so it works better because it shrinks slightly as we age. Also, then you have the restricting going on in the blood vessels because you're not getting the right nutrients in your body. So it, you're it making your heart pump harder around your system. And that puts pressure on you and can create things like you don't sleep as well. Anxiety comes in. So it's your nutrition, making sure you're eating a really healthy diet. 
Now, like there's so many diets out there. There's hundreds of them, like hundreds and hundreds. So I think the most important thing is to keep it really simple. And I know we've we've discussed this before, you were on my podcast, and it's about keeping it simple, keeping your carbohydrates as you know low, because there's good carbohydrates and bad carbohydrates. Yeah. Now you can still eat the bad ones, you know, like rice and pasta, white potatoes, but it's about keeping everything in moderation. And your good carbohydrates are things like avocados, your green leafy vegetables there, you know, and your beans and pulses. So it's thinking of your plate of food and adding all the colors of the rainbow. So it looks nice to eat. I think that's a really big thing because I know for me, the way I like food is kind of like all sort of piled on top of each other, all different colors. And then I'll munch away at it. Do you know what I mean? So it's how you like it. Some people like it in little piles you know different kind of piles <laughs> and thing. they don't touch <laughs> no exactly but again it's also um watching your digestive system because I'm sure I know I've had elderly uh, relatives who've gone oh I can't eat that now because I can't digest it very well and I know mm-hmm. that that has happened to me so it's more so if you're going to eat um meat eat it earlier on in the day so it's easier for your body to digest because if you eat it later it tends to heat you up so you're heating yourself up and that can, you know, have a, 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 an issue with hot flushes. Yes. So it's, yeah. So it's really just looking at really simple little changes, like eating meat earlier on in the day is an easy thing to do. It's just about being organized, you know, so if you're working, bring it with you, put it some, you know, somewhere so you can heat it up. It's just wow. little things like that. You okay. know, making enough the night before so you have enough. So you have day. more leftovers. Yeah. So what about sugar? Uh, I hear from so many. So full disclosure, guys, I'm not there yet. I am perimenopausal, but I don't have hot flashes. So I can't, I haven't personally validated this, but I've taken care of women. And they consistently say once they remove the sugar from their diet, it makes a huge difference. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I completely agree. It does make a huge difference. I think you're going sugar. It's to do with the metabolic system. So your insulin levels aren't mm. working as they should be and then you're adding more sugar in on top of it so it really does your liver and your pancreas are working super hard to process that out of your system I know for a fact one of my patients actually um we tried a little experiment about sugar because she was having problems with her pelvic floor and um, so we said let's do no sugar and she was like I cannot believe this after like six weeks because I think it takes about six weeks for it to get out of your system. Wow. But as as you know, sugar really affects your brain. Like if you, yes. it's like a quick, you know, if you have like a, an apple or something that's really healthy and a bar of chocolate, right? Like your brain is going to go chocolate all the time <laughs> because it's kind of we. It's been wired to go for the easy, quick fix, quick sugar, quick energy. Right. Whereas the apple is making it work harder. So our brains are going. This is easier to do. So anyway, she gave, sorry, going back to this. So she gave up sugar and it was really hard. It wasn't easy. And she'd be bringing, you know, I'd be in contact with her through WhatsApp or she'd be calling me and I, you know, we'd be encouraging her to stay away from it. Mm-hmm. And like the, the effect was phenomenal. Like she doesn't have any kind of sneeze pee or cough pee. She can mm-hmm. run and she can jump back, you know, she's jumping on the trampoline with her kids, all of that because Whoa. she stopped sugar. Whoa, yeah. whoa, hold on, back up. Okay. So we do 
physical therapy for the pelvic floor and that mm-hmm. exercises to strengthen the pelvic floor muscles. Mm-hmm. So are you saying that she only took out sugar or was she also doing pelvic floor therapy at the same time that helped? Wow. No, she just took out the sugar. Oh, wow. Did she yeah, lose weight? She did. How much did she lose? She lost about um, a stone. So what would that be? About <laughs> five and a half kilos, I'd say. Okay. Okay. So five times 2.2 boats, that's the conversion. So that's yeah. about 10 pounds. So yes, that also too can help with leaking urine, stress incontinence is what yeah. we call it. Stress incontinence. Yeah. Wow. Because that happens a lot to women mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. don't, they really don't talk about it because it's, it's like super embarrassing. How could this happen to me? You know, 50-year-old woman, like this is just ridiculous. And even women that don't have children have this yes. problem. Yes, 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 yeah. yes. Let's talk about that because it's more likely to happen in the perimenopausal, menopausal period because your estrogen levels are are declining. Yes. And it can absolutely affect incontinence. So uh, you said... Your client took out sugar. Is there anything else that you recommend to help with urinary incontinence, leaking so urine? She took out sugar and also I was treating her with acupuncture as well. So ah, okay. the acupuncture was, we worked on holding things in place. So like holding the bladder, m- the muscle of the bladder so it would mm. work better. So we worked with that as well. Oh, and wow. Yeah. But I think even from myself, um, I have three kids and I like... It is an issue. It was an issue for me. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. exercise, I have to say, was a big thing for me. The exercising yeah. really, really helped me. Loads. Yes. Yes. Loads. I'm doing Pilates and that has been a been a help for me. I used to tell my patients just to make them a little more comfortable that, you know, there's a PP club and I'm the president. So so you can talk about it. It's okay. It happens. It happens to a good portion of women who who carried humans in their bodies. So thank you for, for sharing that. Yeah. Um, I I, I want to keep our episode to 30 minutes. Okay, go. Yeah, we could talk an hour and a half, but I have got to get this in because this is also something that comes up. Tell us how we can, A, not feel so exhausted and tired. So how can we boost our energy? And also, how can we get better sleep? Uh, what are some things that in Chinese medicine that you guys recommend or what are some foods that you would um, recommend that we include in our diet? There's two things going on. So you actually, with sleep, you actually need energy to sleep. It's a big thing. Ooh. Yeah. So you told you... me something. Okay, mm. sorry. Keep no, going. no, it's fine. No, you need energy to sleep because I don't know... Um, I don't know if you've ever been to an Irish wedding. I'll just give this an example. So mm-hmm. Irish weddings seem to go on for like two days and you come in and you're absolutely <laughs> exhausted. Say it started, a wedding was on Friday. They were having a big wedding Friday and it finishes like at normally five or six o'clock in the morning. It's crazy. Oh, and then they have a bit of a party the next day. So by the time Sunday comes, you are like wrecked, really, really tired. And then you get into bed and you're so tired. You're like, I'm going to get into bed now and I'm going to go straight to sleep. But you can't because you're tossing and turning, your legs are fidgety. Do you know, you just, your mind is racing. It's it's because your body is too tired to actually do mm-hmm. what it needs to do to sleep. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you need energy to sleep. 
And if you're like in perimenopause and menopause and you're not sleeping as well as you can, it's a bit like a vicious cycle. You, you're losing your energy. So you don't have the energy for sleeping. Wow. So okay. I really recommend for sleep to have a, a night routine, like an hour before bedtime that you do what's needed to do for the next day. So if you've kids getting ready for school, like whatever you need to do for them, and then spend 20 minutes if you're having a shower or a bath or whatever you do to right. you know, your beauty regime in the nighttime. And then it's, then it's about you time, sitting down, maybe not watching TV because TV kind of can engage your brain too mm -hmm. much. Mm -hmm. Don't be looking at your phone because of the blue light, computer yes, screens, things like that. But it's really about either meditating, uh, reading, maybe listening to a podcast, something that just really helps you you know, switch off your brain. Because I know sometimes for me, if I'm overtired, I love listening. I love audiobooks. So I put an audiobook on a timer on my phone and I put it on. And I find that I, I'm in listening to the story. So it sort of switches my brain off from all the other white noise right. that's going on. Right. And that then calms, you know, calms my brain and I can sleep. But as you know as well, it's about turning off the cortisol allowing melatonin to come in. Right. So it's also in the morning, it's very important when you get up to get out, you know, get sunlight in your eyes. Well, but, it's right. the, yeah, but it's the morning time because the middle of the day is no good because it's kind of like the zone where nothing, you know, you're not going to get that reaction. It's just the morning when you wake up to get gotcha. that sunlight in your yes. eyes. Yes. So that getting that circadian rhythm working and Chinese medicine have a clock. So it's, you know, the different times of when you, your organs are actually working at the ultimate time. Oh, wow. Wow. So, yeah. So if you, again, going back to the liver with sleep, if you're waking between one and three, you know that your liver isn't, as they call it, housed peacefully. It's wandering around your body. So that wakes you, makes you disturbed, heats you up hot flushes mm. like sweating that's mm. why you go back to the liver and it's very important to look after it so then so if you're sleep, starting to sleep better then your energy does become better yes yeah but I think as women we are so bad at listening to our bodies and even I had a client here today and she said oh my god at lunchtime today I actually had to force myself to keep working all I wanted to do was have you know like kind of go like this on my desk and I was like, but why didn't you just say to everyone, I need 10 minutes of just go get a, you know, not get a coffee, but just 10 minutes, like a wellness break or right, where right. you can just sit there for 10 minutes, maybe close your eyes, almost like a power nap. That helps to regenerate you. You know, that's a really good way of getting energy in. Or another really good way is, is breathing it's been proven, I did a course on it about DHEAs that, you know, for yes. the adrenal. Yes. So by breathing in and hold, you know, breathe in for five, holding it for five and letting it out for five, that's a really good way of, you know, regenerating DHEAs in your body, which will help energize you. Because as we age, our kidneys, this is again, Chinese medicine, really take over from the ovaries. They're the ones that the kidney energy is what gives you energy for the rest of your life. So if you wow. burnt it out in your 30s, 20s and 30s and 40s, you know, 
doing too much and not listening to what your body's telling you, you know, like for the break or go to bed a bit earlier one night or what you're eating, you wear it out and it takes a while for that energy to come back up again. But it can, you can do a lot to get it back up by looking after yourself and listening to what we say, you know, what the body is saying. Okay, yeah. so I, I heard you. I, I heard you. We got to take care of our organs, our kidney, our liver. What should we be avoiding? What should we be avoiding that potentially may be harming our organs that are so necessary for our energy and, and sleep and everything? So alcohol comes into this. Mm. Um, uh, drugs and medication does come into it. Um, but you know, like drugs and medication are very important, incredibly important. I don't want to say, I never would tell anyone not to take right, them, right. but it's about working with, say with you to see what you can do to start, you know, you need it to start reducing it or, you know, to find ways right. to reduce it down, you, you know, exercise. I think very, a really important thing that never gets told is your community, you know, your friends around you, yeah. um, making sure you have some fun in your life, be curious about things, learn something new, you know, push yourself a little bit out of your comfort zone, go back riding your bike. Even again, I had a patient in who had loved swimming. She absolutely loved swimming, but Mm. gave it up because life got too busy. And so I was like, okay, so my challenge to her was start swimming again. And she's like, no, I do not have time. And I'm like, this is really important that you do your swimming. And she started back swimming and doing something she loved Loved. created more energy in her life again. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really, you know, simple things that we really, really forget about doing that you create. You know, if you're getting up, getting the kids to school, going to work, coming back, doing the washing, doing the housework, making dinner, into bed, you know, like... It would wear you out just thinking about it. Just thinking about it. Yeah. yeah. Whereas if you had a bit of sparkle in there, you know, go out with your husband, meet your girlfriends, you know, take up a new hobby, something. It really does, you know, go back to what you love doing. Remember what you love doing as a younger person. It does, you know, it brings a smile to your face and yes. the sparkle back to your life. Yes, yes, yes. And happier people are healthier people. Yeah. We know that. Mm. Um, I love that you say that because in lifestyle medicine, uh, one of the pillars of health is healthy relationships. And I add in positive psychology or positivity. And so having fun, uh, slowing down, which you know, COVID was devastating um, in a lot of ways, but it was also very enlightening mm-hmm. because we had to slow down. We had to to have fun and we had to, you know, have fun, but do other things and learn new things, uh, which I think was beneficial. We've got a problem, y'all. There is too much to do and not enough time. Your personal life takes a back seat to a profession that you have spent decades training for. You're calling seems to be burdensome in a system that does not prioritize your well-being. You do not have to live this way. When you take care of patients, who takes care of you? I'm Dr. V, a burnout consultant, and you need me as your personal coach. I take care of the healthcare provider that takes care of everybody else. Go to officevisitswithdrv.com and click on the coaching tab. 
schedule a free discovery interview so I can learn more about the life that you need to be fulfilled. We are closing out the episode. Uh, You are a wealth of knowledge. So before you tell us how we can connect with you, please just share, and I don't know if you can do this, uh, Lucy, but one nugget that if we had to do something today or within the next 24 hours, what's one thing that we could do that potentially might help with our hormones or help with our, our health and wellness? I think there's one huge thing is to remember what you've achieved in your life mm. and really be, you know, be really like aware of what you're grateful for. So there can be really very simple things like your health, mm. roof over your head, food on yes. your table, you know, meeting amazing people, your friends, they, you know, they, they are just a gift to you. And if you can do that and recognize all the amazing things in your life, I think that calms like that big hormone cortisol down. And because that one suppresses a lot of the other hormones. Right. And again, it comes in Chinese medicine. It's like, it really helps. Happiness is your heart and your heart is the ruler of your body. So if you can keep that lightness there, it really affects the, the, you know, it really affects everything else. So if your rule is happy, it keeps all your other organs functioning and happy as well. So yeah. I think if you can do that, that is immense, you know, and, and get yeah. people to be accountable for you, you know, get your friends to say, to ask you the question, you know, what are you grateful for today? Because sometimes when you do that, when you sit and have to do it on your own, you're like, what is it? You know, what, what is mm-hmm. it there? Mm-hmm. And it's hard and, and they can be challenging questions. The simple ones can be the most challenging, but do, I think that's important. So if your heart's happy, the rest of you really, it, it flows together. Yeah. Okay. That's a quote. Happy heart, folks. Happy heart. <laughs> happy heart. Yeah. And I, and I love that because literally someone who was listening to this podcast, once this is over, they can immediately focus on gratitude. Mm-hmm. immediately. Mm-hmm. And and that's why, you know, positivity is, I think, a pillar of health because you focus on the positive and not the negative and that boosts your mental health, your, your yeah. mood. So thank you. Thank you for that. So y'all listen, three things that you're grateful for as soon as, <laughs> as soon as this, I can't. <laughs> so uh, tell us how we could connect with you. So you can connect with me through LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram, Lucy Townsley, uh, health coach, and also through my website, um, menopausetransformations.com. Um, I'll send you all the links so you have them. And I have my own menopause program and a fertility program, Happy Life Menopause and Happy Life Fertility. So they're just courses that you can do, or you can work with me directly. You know, I can do it via Zoom or in person. Wow. Okay. So to clarify, you do have courses that people can jump on today. Yes. Yes. Uh, Is there any interaction with you in the course? Um, Yep, there is. I, I offer in the beginning of it, we go through what you need to do and focus on. And then, and then at the end as well, we do a, a call. See how you're going. Yeah. Okay. It's important because it's important to be, do you know, it's no point me because I want, you to feel well right, as best right. you can. So, I, you know, I'm not going to just leave you off. You need to have guidance and help. 
Absolutely. And that's why I like you. You don't leave us out there hanging and you are passionate about what you do. So, so guys, you have heard two things that you can do immediately after the episode is over. (laughs) And we will put all of her contact information in the show notes to make it easier for you to have access to that as soon as the episode is over. So um, I would love for listeners, for you all to comment on this episode. I would love for you to give um, Office Visits with Dr. V a rating, five stars, of course, uh, and continue to follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Office Visits with Dr. V. Lucy Townsley. I am so grateful that you came on and I will continue to follow you. Uh, and I am just really excited about the knowledge that you're putting out there for women. So keep up the good work. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's lovely. Thank you so absolutely. much. Absolutely. Absolutely. And stay All healthy, right. everyone. <laughs> stay healthy, everyone. Happy All right. Stay healthy. Absolutely. All right. We'll see you next time on Office Visits with Dr. V. Thanks for listening to Office Visits with Dr. V. I would love to stay connected. So please follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Office Visits with Dr. V and on LinkedIn at Benita Vernado, MD. Share this information with your friends and colleagues. Like and subscribe. You know the drill. Also, go to officevisitswithdrv.com backslash connect and leave your email to receive updates on everything that Dr. V is doing to introduce you to your new life.